0: iRelaunch, where we give the top return to work advice, success stories, and strategies. This is Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO of iRelaunch, and I've been looking forward to this podcast session for a while because my guest today is Vivian steer Rabin, who's the managing principal of VSR Advisors, but most importantly to me and to all of us, Vivian uh, and I co-authored back on the career track together, which came out way back in 2007, and we co-founded iRelaunch together, and were co-founders for many years until Vivian retired from her iRelaunch role in 2014 and focused solely on her executive search business. Welcome, Vivian.
1: Thank you, Carol. This is really great to be on this podcast with you. A wonderful reunion.
0: Yes. um, We're just... I think both really enjoying this. Um, we are in touch uh, on a fairly regular basis, but this is just uh, extra fun to, to um, be recording this together. So the what first I wanted to talk about with, with Vivian uh, about her uh, background as a relauncher. So Vivian, of course, is a relauncher herself. Uh, originally, um, it was her idea to collect relaunch success stories and write a book about People who had successfully transitioned back to work after uh, years of being on career break, and I was one of her interviewees uh, for that original concept. And ultimately, we ended up co-authoring the book. But Vivian started as as I did, experiencing the whole transition herself. So, Viv, can you walk through uh, your relaunch story briefly?
1: Sure. So, um, very briefly with the early work background, after business school, I worked at Lehman Brothers of all places. In fact, Carol and I used to joke that we both worked for now now defunct financial services firms. Hopefully, no reflection on us. Uh, anyway, um, after that, I ended up moving to D.C. to get married and worked initially as CFO of a small broadcasting company and then joined a fast-growing consulting and publishing company, initially in a finance and strategy role, but the company was growing really quickly, and the CEO asked me if I would sort of take over recruiting and HR because they basically had no processes. And they you know, didn't really know what they were doing, and, and they needed someone to manage that area. And it turned out to be a great fit. I loved it more than any of my prior finance jobs, and that ended up propelling me where I ultimately went in the future. Uh, after I th- left that job to uh, move to Chicago f- as a trailing spouse with my husband taking a new job there... I went into what we, what we called reproductive hibernation and I had, uh, I already had two kids, I had three more in Chicago and basically uh, stayed at home. I, I had almost no professional network there so I just figured I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay home, spend time with the kids. I did, it was terrific. Um, after five years we moved back east and after getting adjusted I decided I really wanted to return to work but I had been out of the full-time workforce for seven years. I felt completely disconnected, really nervous about the prospect of how I was gonna find work. I definitely decided I wanted to go back into the recruiting and HR area rather than finance, even though I had worked longer in finance um, because I really liked the recruiting and HR area. This was back around 2000. Um, I think we had had the, uh, the dot-com buster. It was around that time we had had 9-11. It was not the greatest time to be looking for work. But, uh, you know, I, I networked aggressively. And it turns out there was someone in my neighborhood who had his own small search firm. And he asked me to help him. And so I learned about executive search from the You know external recruiting side as opposed to working internally for a company i liked it i didn't particularly like the area he was in which was manufacturing Uh, i had almost flunked that course at business school um but i liked search and so i decided to go out on my own and try to get my own clients and and build my own business and i was able to to get some clients and and get the business going Um, But I was still fascinated about this whole topic of relaunching and and frustrated that no one seemed to be doing anything about it because I knew there were other women and men in the same situation I had been in. And so I ended up collaborating with Carol on the book and the company. I kept VSR advisors going all through that time. I had recruited one colleague to work with me. Uh, in about two thousand four, I believe uh, she was also a relauncher. She had been my father's banker years before. And I'm telling you, those personal referrals—it's amazing. Right. And she and I are still together, uh, and so she's worked with me all these years. And then I brought on another team member in two thousand fifteen, and it's been going very well the last couple of years that I've you know been out. Uh, focusing solely on this business now.
0: That's great. I think it's the most amazing, inspiring story. And I love that you have hired relaunchers as your business has grown. Uh, And I've always, always loved reproductive hibernation. I just think it's one of the best (laughs) descriptors ever. (laughs) So I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, So, One of the things that you and I had talked about in terms of um, messages of importance uh, that we wanted to cover today was uh, describing executive search and staffing firms. There's a lot of mystery around uh, those businesses, and I think people say those words, but they don't necessarily understand for example, what an executive search professional does. And I wanted to know if you can walk us through it a little bit um, and then we can uh, go from there in more detail. Sure.
1: I think the biggest misconception and what's important for people to understand is that all these firms, whether it's executive search, staffing, recruiting, temp to perm agency, whatever you want to call it, we are all paid by the employer. So that is quite frankly where our first loyalty lies and that's who we need to please. We feel great about helping people get a new role and we like to be able to help people, but our focus is on the employer and what they need. So, you know, a lot of times people will find out that I have an executive search business and they'll say, oh, great, you can get me a job. And they think that my job is to get them a job. And that is not my job or the job of any of the people in in this, in executive search or related businesses. Our job is to fill the open roles of the companies uh, that have asked us to, to help them with those particular roles.
0: Um, can you talk about um, how a, an executive search professional might uh, be distinguished from other staffing or other professional? I don't even know if, if there are other types of professionals in that space uh, that we should discuss. Sure. Agencies
1: maybe? Sure. So executive search typically focuses on manager and higher level positions. Uh, I don't know that there's a hard and fast cutoff, but generally I would say roles, you know, probably a minimum compensation of a hundred thousand or so often significantly more. And, um, they And they usually are, uh, they spend a lot of time trying to fill their roles. They don't just place advertisements. They do aggressive outreach to, prof- to, other, to, to professionals in the field, both for referrals and to pitch the opportunity to them. So they spend a lot of time to try to get the right fit for each assignment. Staffing agencies and and agencies in general typically are filling roles at a lower compensation point. They usually are filling more roles in the same period of time than maybe an executive search professional. And they're usually filling roles that are more generalist in nature uh, where they're not looking for an exact match in terms of a specific skill set. And uh, a, a lot of people could be a potential fit for the role that they're recruiting for.
0: Can you um, give an example of the kind of executive search assignment that you might be working on uh, and maybe an example of the, a, 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 an actual assignment that you think a staffing firm might get?
1: Sure. And, and again, there can be some overlaps. So for example, now, and, and I'm going to mention these in particular because actually, there's actually a relauncher angle on, on both of them, which is terrific. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for an HR manager for a small real estate company. It's a generalist role. I think this client could potentially have gone to a staffing firm for this role, but because I've filled other roles for them, they I, they know I know their company well, they know I'll know the types of people who will fit in their company. And so they decided to give it to me to to fill. Uh, and And actually it it has occurred to me that a relauncher could potentially be a good fit here. I don't think they would be that concerned if someone hadn't worked for, a, you know, a few years. I mean, I don't think, you know, they'd have to obviously have s- some updated basic computer skills and so on, but there's not a lot of important updated technical knowledge for this person to know. It's really about fit, and there could be some, you know, bright former HR generalists out there who, who could be a good fit for this role. Uh, another role that I'm recruiting for now, which is pretty sp- specialized, is a real estate transaction attorney in the Washington, D.C. area. They are looking for very specific experience. They need to have handled transactions across the spectrum in real estate, purchases, sales, financings, mezzanine debt loans, really a broad spectrum. But they actually would also be open to someone who has taken a break uh, because they know there's some great people who may have done that. And again, it's not so much about the most up-to-date technical knowledge. If they've done those transactions and they're willing to work hard because it's still you know very much a full-time role, uh, they
0: could be right for this company. Mm-hmm. Very helpful to, to have those actual uh, descriptions. Um, so are you ever approached by relaunchers who... Um, ask you to help them in some way, and can you talk about ways that you can help them? Uh, I know you mentioned that um, you you can't help a person get a job, um, but there might be some other ways that you could be helpful, or are all of those inquiries not appropriate?
1: Sure. So, What is helpful is when someone approaches an executive recruiter, and ideally it's someone that you've been introduced to or have some kind of a connection. I I have to admit, I get a lot of people just writing me cold, and unless I see something in their background that makes me think I'm likely to want to talk to them in the next year or so, I don't typically respond to them. But if someone writes to me, having mentioned someone that I know, for, for example, what happens a fair amount of time is somebody that I've placed successfully will refer a friend. So that person, I do make an effort to have at least a conversation with. I typically do not necessarily have a role that's right for them at that time. But I will make suggestions to them, for example... On their LinkedIn profile, on their resume, I may suggest companies that I think are good for them to keep an eye on, you know, to follow on LinkedIn, or to get registered on their career portal. If it were a relauncher and if it was someone that I had again a close relationship with, or someone had referred me and asked me, you know, really to be helpful, I might offer to do a quick mock interview with them. So, so there are ways that. Pro- search professionals can be helpful. And also one thing to really get on the good side of someone is to offer to make referrals to them. So you know, even though you're a relauncher and you're not currently working, you know a lot of professionals, your your neighbors, your your spouse and their friends, and you could end up making a referral that would be helpful to a recruiter. And of course, that would endear you to them and want, and make them want to help you when they can.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and let me just ask a question from completely the other side of the table. And that is, um, if there are relaunchers who are listening, who are interested in becoming executive search professionals, and maybe they had a background in HR or something similar to what you were describing as your uh, pre-career break background, uh, and want to get into the field, are there particular courses or certain um, experts or journals um, or other resources they should be thinking about for updating themselves? And also, once I guess once you had that opportunity with your neighbor, and this this could be a two-part question. Um, mm-hmm. What, what were some of the key things that you learned that you think made you become excellent in the field where you are now?
1: Sure. I'll take the second question first. So back when I started, I don't even think LinkedIn existed, or if it did, it was really in its infancy and wasn't being used much. So we used other sources uh, association, professional association directories, things like that. And I still occasionally will use resources like that In because in some niche areas, some of the practitioners aren't really on LinkedIn very much and you have to go to other sources to try to identify them. But, but link, LinkedIn has been a huge boon to not only to job hunters, but obviously to recruiters, both internal recruiters at companies and to external. But I would say the key skill for anybody who wants to get into this business is to get very good on LinkedIn, on finding people. And you can do that even as part of your job search. For example, let's say you apply for a job at a certain company and you want, and you really want to try to get further along with them, you should be using LinkedIn to try to network your way to someone at the company who will be responsive to you, whether because they went to the same college you did or because they're connected to your neighbor or who knows what. So getting to know how LinkedIn works is very, very helpful. Now, LinkedIn also now has a, a paying product called LinkedIn Recruiter, which I use and my two colleagues use as well. And it's not that expensive. And quite frankly, if you want to get into this business, I would advise you to pay the 119 bucks a year to, to, to use it and to just start using it. Just make up a search for yourself and, and go and look for people who would fit those parameters so you can see how it works. I, mean, I think the two ways people get into search are either from the research side. So for example, the third person I added to my team is a research guru. I mean, she's absolutely terrific at it. She also had done higher level aspects of the work, but, but that's what I recruited her for initially. And, and now I let her do a lot more, but but the, the key skill I was looking for was the research. And that's a key skill that a lot of recruiters are looking for. And then the other part of it is the industry, uh, having the industry relationships or the functional relationships. So if you were very senior in a certain field, you could potentially go right into search at the sort of rainmaker level of trying to develop business and so on. And, and you could be credible at that, depending on whether you've kept your network up to date. You could pitch yourself into a, a search firm that is trying to develop a particular practice group where you have a lot of relationships.
0: Super helpful. Uh, just jumping back, in terms of, you know, you mentioned signing up for LinkedIn Recruiter and actually practicing with um, pretend job searches, which sounds like an excellent way to... Uh, get familiar with it and start uh, developing those skills that you, you need with LinkedIn. Are there any experts in the field or resources or courses that you think are also important or is the most important thing this practitioner side of it where you're you're primarily getting really good at using the LinkedIn tool?
1: Well, I had done a lot of interviewing before in my internal HR and recruiting job so i knew a lot about how to interview what kinds of questions to ask and so on if you haven't done a lot of it whether in the course of your prior jobs or for whatever reason that's obviously a key part of it that that you would need to learn it's not that difficult I mean, you can even google you know most most used uh, interview questions and so on uh, and use the ones you like and, and make sure you kind of have a repertory that you think works. So
0: it's interesting because we tell relaunchers, of course, and you know this, um, to look up those interview questions to know what they're going to be asked. And in this case, you would be looking them up to know what to ask other people.
1: Exactly. But really, it often comes from the job descriptions. So I would definitely encourage when when relaunchers are interviewing, to go back to that job description because the recruiter and even the hiring manager will be using that as a guide to tell them what they should be asking you about. From a skills vetting perspective, they're going to be asking you to describe how you did certain projects that drew upon those skills. And then from a cultural fit perspective, they might ask you about what kind of environments you've been in and hopefully you've been in environments like theirs and work and can project comfort with that kind of environment.
0: You're getting into an area here where I'd, I'd be interested in your advice for relaunchers in terms of how they present themselves uh, initially over the phone, because I'm guessing that's uh, how you first contact people. Even though you're working primarily with people who did not take a career break I'm just wondering if there is something about the way they present themselves over the phone, one way or the other, um, that makes them rise to the top in terms of being a more compelling candidate, or are you? Do you already have? Are you positively uh, predisposed to them uh, before you even get on the phone because they have very specific expertise?
1: It's usually the latter. I'm. I usually don't get on the phone with anybody until I've looked at their resume and their LinkedIn. And I feel like they have enough of the skill set that there's a potential fit here. Mm -hmm. And for some jobs, the break might not be a showstopper. For others, it it could be. Mm -hmm. And uh, no matter how great the experience was before, I know my clients well enough. And certain clients or certain groups within the clients are just not going to be comfortable with that. But if it's not a showstopper, and again, I just described two situations that I'm literally working on right now, where I I would be open to someone who had taken a break. And I also had a placement, I think it's about two years ago, of someone that had a break, who, who was coming off of a break. And it was interesting, when I got into the phone interview with her, I could tell she was really trying to mask it and was not being very open with me. And I said to her quite frankly, uh, Lisa, your, your story just isn't adding up. You, you, know, you had this great career going and all of a sudden you're telling me you just decided you wanted to downshift and do a little consulting here and there. This just isn't making sense to me. And she said, okay, well, actually I had a health issue. And I said, okay, that's fine. But you know, I'm glad you told me, my client is going to want to understand why you sort of disappeared for a little bit, but it's much better that you told me because otherwise things just were not adding up. Mm -hmm. So uh, in fact, she ended up being the best candidate for that particular job and she got the job. We were very open about the fact that she'd had a health issue. It was behind her. She'd taken as much time as she needed to completely heal. And she was terrific and she's doing well in the role.
0: Mm, that's a great story to hear because I know people that have health issues have exactly that uh, dilemma about whether to disclose how much to disclose and whether it's going to affect their candidacy. So it's great to hear a success story for uh, about someone who took a career break for that reason. Um, before we end I, I wanted to give you a chance to tell us a little bit about VSR advisors and and uh, what your specialty industry is, and anything else about the firm, including um, how people can find out more information about it?
1: Sure. So, we focus on the commercial real estate industry, and we have oh, currently about six clients that we're doing search for on a pretty regular basis, a couple of private equity firms, a couple of owner-operators, one large commercial real estate brokerage. Uh, I I think that roughly covers what we're, who who we're dealing with right now. Functionally, the roles really range uh, anywhere from leasing and brokerage to acquisitions and asset management people, to HR people, to marketing and PR, to finance and accounting really runs the gamut. What, what we've found, which is great, and, and we think works really well in this business, is if you have a client, once you've filled more than a two or three roles for them, you really have a sense for them. You get to know more people in the company, and you can really anticipate what they're going to think about the people that you're talking to and who they're likely to want to move forward with and, and who is probably not going to be a good fit for them. And It's not like, Some people are good and some people are not. Everybody has skills to offer. It's a matter of fit oftentimes. Someone could be really good for one company and just not right for another.
0: Can you just say the uh, URL for your website? Sure. It's
1: www.vsradvisors.com, advisors, O-R-S at the end. And I have to admit, I don't have any kind of a portal or anything where I take resumes. If you wanna be in
0: touch with me, just just email me. Great, thank you. And I'm assuming some kind of contact information is on your website. Absolutely. Uh, All right, terrific. So um, to close, uh, we ask our podcast guests if they could share a, a piece of best advice for relaunchers, even if it's something that you already said um, during our conversation today. So could you please uh, share your best advice? Sure. Uh,
1: Be resilient, be confident, keep at it. I, I recently met a relauncher and she had so much passion and energy. I really hope I'll be able to help her. Do not be defensive. You will get hired. It just may take you a little longer than
0: you might think, but you can make it happen. That's incredible advice from one of the gurus in the field. Uh, Thanks, Vivian, uh, for being on with us today. Thank you, Carol. So that was Vivian steer Rabin, Managing Principal of VSR Advisors and original co-founder of iRelaunch and co-author of Back on the Career Track. This is Carol Fishman-Cohen, CEO of iRelaunch, and this is our podcast, 321 iRelaunch. Uh, Make sure to go to www.irelaunch.com to get more information, tools, and resources about returning to work after a career break. Thank you very much.